great God, it's true. Lord, nothing is impossible with you, great God. You are the mighty one. Lord, you spoke and creation was. And Lord, you have made a way for us to know your very presence in our lives, to be in relationship with you, Lord, and you're a God who speaks. And so we just pray now in these moments as we open our hearts to you, great God, you know all the situations and circumstances represented those here and those online as well, Lord. You know every situation, you care deeply, God, and you wanna speak, I believe that, Lord. You wanna speak into each and every life today. And so, Lord, we pray that you come to the power of your word and by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to speak to us this morning, to strengthen us, encourage us, call us out afresh, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I wanna add my welcome as well. It's so great to have you sharing with us. Those who are in the building on the mezzanine level, those joining us online as well. It is so great to have you sharing with us for our Vision Sunday today and across all of our services today. I'm gonna be sharing some of the visions of where God is leading us for this next year ahead. Uh, one of my favourite stories is a story of a pastor who um, once asked his church to pray that God would shut down a neighbourhood bar. And so the whole church gathered together uh, for an evening prayer meeting where they were pleading with God to rid the neighbourhood of the evils of this bar. And a few weeks later, lightning struck the bar and it burned to the ground. So on hearing about the church's prayer meeting, the owner of the bar promptly sued the church. And when the date finally arrived, um, the bar owner um, passionately argued, as in the court, the court hearing, the bar owner passionately argued that God had struck his bar with lightning because of the church's prayer meeting. And in hearing this, the pastor quickly backtracked and he admitted the church had prayed. Yes, that was true. But he also affirmed that no one in his congregation really expected God to answer their prayer. <laughs> and so the judge leaned back on his chair at hearing this and finally pondering it, he spoke finally. He said, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Right here in front of me is a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a pastor who doesn't. <laughs> now a funny story, but it highlights a very real truth that often as followers of Jesus, we claim to have great faith in God to do the impossible, but often our actions and the way we live so often say otherwise. Someone once said, how we live is the most reliable indicator of what we truly believe. Isn't that true? How we live is actually the most reliable indicator of what we really believe. And last week I spoke on the theme of living by faith and not giving up. And this week I'm speaking on the theme of living by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5 verse seven says this. It says, for we as believers, we live by faith and not by sight. And Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith, according to the Bible, is the belief that God is who he says he is and will do what he has promised he will do. That's what faith is. And one of the greatest modern day examples of faith would have to be George Mueller. George Mueller was born in 1805 and he died in 1898 at the age of 93. 
And he grew up a pretty wild and rebellious teenager and young adult. He would often steal from his father, from his friends. He was continually getting drunk all the time. And on a number of occasions, he tried to change and reform his life, but with no success every time he tried. Until one day, one of his drinking buddies told him something that he was, had been doing on a Saturday night. And Mueller puts it in his own words. This is what he said. He said, one Saturday afternoon, I had taken a walk with my friend Peter. When I returned, he said to me that he was in the habit of going on Saturday evenings to the house of a Christian where there was a meeting. On further inquiry, he told me that they read the Bible, sang, prayed, and read a printed sermon. No sooner had I heard this, but it was to me as if I had found something after which I had been seeking all my life long. Immediately, uh, I wished to go with my friend, who was not at once willing to take me, for knowing me as a merry young man, he thought I should not like this meeting. At last, however, he said he would call for me. And that evening was the turning point for Mueller's life. He says this, he says, whether I fell on my knees when I returned home, I do not remember, but this much I know. I lay peacefully and happy in my bed, and I have not the least doubt that on that evening, God began a work of grace in me. That night was to change everything for George Mueller. He discovered there was a God who loved him, that he had a saviour in Jesus, who had paid the price for him to be able to have a relationship with him, his sins forgiven, and his life was transformed in that moment. Under, after some years of learning how to trust God by hearing him speak and acting on it, he felt prompted by God, led by God, to start an orphanage with only two shillings to his name at the time. And through faith, he would pray in all the needs for this work. And it became this massive work, five large orphanages caring for over 10,000 orphans, huge work that would unfold. And he famously would sometimes gather the children together to pray with them for the needs that they had for the orphanage. Sometimes the mealtime was almost at hand and they didn't know where the food was coming from, but God always provided for them. And in one particularly famous occasion, it was a morning time and there was still no food to eat. And so we called all the children together and they prayed, thanking God for the provision of food, even though there was no food on the table as he prayed this prayer of thanksgiving. And a few moments later, a baker knocked at the door and told Mr. Mueller that God had prompted him, had led him to bake the bread the night before and to give it to the orphanage. And no sooner had the food been given out to the children that there was another knock on the door and it was a milkman who'd come in. His truck had broken down just outside. So he came in and he said, would you as an orphanage be able to use this milk? It's gonna go off. If we don't distribute it, can you take it? And right there in their midst, there was this powerful, again, answer to prayer. And George Miller had so many stories like this as he lived by faith. But what a witness to all those children. I'm sure they never, ever forgot seeing God work in such a miraculous and such a powerful way. In the same way, I want for us as a church to be able to tell stories to our children of the miraculous, powerful, mighty things that God has done for them to witness firsthand these things taking place. Incredible answers to prayer, the mighty acts of God moving in undeniable ways. That's our prayer as a church as well. 
But for this to occur, we need to be a people who live by faith and not by sight. It was George Mueller who said these words. He said, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. You see, we are called to be a people who live by faith and not by sight. But living by faith and not by sight is not easy. It's it's a challenge to do that. It doesn't come naturally to us. It doesn't come naturally to me anyway. It feels risky. It can feel scary. It takes us out of our comfort zone. And faith has been described as being a bit like a muscle. But the more you use it, the stronger it becomes. I don't know if you've had this experience, but you step in faith in a small way and you see an answer to prayer or you see God work and, and then it grows your faith for the future. And when you read the Psalms, often when the psalmists were doubting or questioning or wondering, God, where are you? What's going on? What's happening in this situation? Often the psalmists, what they would do is they would look back in that moment and they would look at all the things God had done across the past for his people and, and for them personally and they would give thanks to God. And they would list all the mighty acts of the things that God had done for them. And as they would do this, you read in the Psalms, their faith would begin to rise again. And in the same way for us as a church, I wanna take a moment for us to look back over this past year to see all the mighty things God has done, His amazing provision for us and to give thanks to Him because as we do this, it, it stirs faith within us. And I wanna tell you, we have so much to give thanks for as a church, so much. Let me remind you of just a few over this last year. This new auditorium was opened, officially opened with a huge celebration on our 27th anniversary. And a special highlight of that opening was the vision that Heba shared of the vision she'd had when she was living back in Syria, of this exact auditorium. And if you remember the picture she had of the waterfall of blessing flowing out over this stage and Jesus putting an incredible gift right here in the middle. It was powerful then as Heba then prayed a blessing for us in Arabic and English. What an amazing um, gathering that was that day. What a celebration. In July, 500 kids attended our Mega Buzz holiday program in our new facilities, which is a huge blessing, especially with the extra 180 leaders and helpers there as well. In August, we had the Shift Youth Festival, visiting 24 local schools in our community and over 2,000 young people being hosted here on the site. Our city service moved from monthly to fortnightly services and we entered into a a great kingdom partnership with Gateway Baptist Church who began their Sunday services at the city venue. We sent a team to the Solomon Islands to set up the Cocoa Dryer over there as a community development project to bless those at the Bible school and the surrounding villages around there as well. We hosted the Seniors High Tea here in the new auditorium with 1,000 seniors attending over two days, all made possible because of the extra space here. Over 800 Christmas hampers were sent out to people in need in our community and 830 Christmas shoeboxes went out to bless children in need in our world. And added to all of that at Christmas, our appeal raised $52,000 to support children and young people in the Congo, in the midst of war-ravaged Congo, through the work of hope and care for little souls. 
And then through our Christmas lights program, we had over 7,500 people come through the Christmas production, over 4,000 people through the Bethlehem walk. We had 190 prayer requests come in through our new Christmas forest we ran for the first time, 50 expressions of interest in Alpha course, hundreds of Bible gift packs given away. And then our Christmas services, if you remember, they're overflowing. We had people spilling out into the foyer and it reminded us again of the great need for our mezzanine seating system as well. And then we had our last ever Mega Monster Garage sale, raising our largest amount ever of $115,000. It was able to bless outreach work here in our community and overseas as well. Our Cultural Connect groups commenced in nine different people groups. Trav Granger commences, a part-time youth worker, to look after our Friday night switch youth ministry. And then as gathering restrictions commenced, we launched our online services in one weekend, thanks to the amazing work of our Bridgman creative team and with God's help as well. Then our Easter services were broadcasted online. We had thousands of people tuning in, people responding to the gospel, people tuning in from all around the world as well. And then at Easter, we also received an Easter offering where more than $60,000 came in towards the work of Bridgecare to help those in need in our local community here and across our city. And this was incredible. It was more than double our usual Easter offering, which that was just as COVID was coming in, all the uncertainty around that financially. And yet people gave so generously to that. Thank you, church, and praise God for this response. Hundreds of meals were cooked by Wayne and Lynn and the kitchen team for Streetlight and community groups helping the needy and the homeless in our area here. Over 110 people attended the Alpha and Beyond Alpha course. 21 people were baptised. Many in all ages put their faith and trust in Jesus. And I could mention many, many more things if I had time. But I think that we should, as his people, give praise to our great God, put our hands together and worship him and thank him for the mighty things he has done. He's been a good and a faithful God. And it stirs faith within us, doesn't it? When you look back. And I was only just scratching the surface there, but it's good to do that, to look back. It stirs faith within us. And I wanna say thank you to you, church, as well. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for the amazing heart of generosity. Thank you for your commitment to keep reaching out with the good news of the gospel. It is so humbling, I wanna tell you that, just to look back and to see the heart of so many in this place and what God has done is such a blessing. And we are filled with faith for the future as we see all that God has done. And so with this in mind, I wanna share some of the visions that God is leading us to for the year ahead. And you should have received today um, the Everyone Everywhere vision booklet for the year ahead, the financial year ahead. And I wanna encourage you to read that. There's so much more detail in there than I'll be able to cover today. If you need to get a copy of that, you can just contact the church office and we'll send that out to you. So instead of covering all those details today, I just wanna focus in on two key visions for us for the next 12 months, the financial year ahead, as we seek to follow God's call to be a people who walk by faith and not by sight. And the first relates to the work of bridge care. You know, the Bible says that one of the key aspects of living by faith and not by sight is how we respond to those in need. This is what James chapter two um, says, verse 15. It says, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? 
In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Do you hear that word? You see, living by faith and not by sight is about seeing people, not as the world sees them, not as the world judges them, but seeing people as God sees them, as people of great value and worth, people who are loved by their heavenly Father, created in the image of God, people who God's heart breaks for when He sees their situation and knows their story and their background. This is God's heart. This is who He is. And as we set out on the journey for the year ahead, we are very aware of the economic uncertainty and the financial hardship being faced by many in our own church family, as well as across our community and our world in this season. It's an incredibly challenging time. And with this in mind, an important focus of our vision for the year ahead is to expand Again, to expand further the work of bridge care, to enable us to love and care for people in a greater way than ever before. And there are two key ways in which we are seeking to do this. The first is through the development of the White House into an op shop and a community hub here on the site with a heart to provide a space for people to come and to know that they are valued, to know that they are loved, to experience community and the presence of God. That's our heart behind this vision, creating a space where people can, can experience this. The proposed name is Soul Op Shop and Espresso. And work is already underway and many of our volunteers have been involved in that. Thank you so much. And we are praying that we'll be able to open this in October. We can't wait to start welcoming people and loving people through this opportunity that God is opening up for us. The second is through the commencement, commencing the operation of Bridge Care Limited as a ministry of us as a church. And Bridge Care Limited has the purpose of providing Christ-centered benevolent relief to individuals throughout the communities of Queensland experiencing poverty, sickness, suffering, distress, misfortune, disability, and helplessness. And the establishment of Bridge Care Limited enables tax-deductible giving for purposes that meet the divine benevolent criteria, as well as expanding opportunities for benevolent grant funding into the future. And this is something we've been praying about and working towards for some time, uh, for a number of years, in fact. Uh, we had sensed that God had been calling us to put some key foundations and structures in place to enable us to care for our community in a greater way as we press forward in the things that He was calling us to. And we have been really blessed by the hard work and the expertise of Brian Morecambe, our business manager, Cameron Cooling, Stuart Campbell, Pastor Jody, they have put so much work into putting this together. And I think we should thank them and put our hands together. The gifts of the body, we are so blessed. And you know, the timing of this coming available is, is no accident, I wanna tell you that. But clearly orchestrated by God, right in this season, where the, the needs are gonna be incredibly great. Right now, God has enabled this to come about. And recently, I was talking to David Dixon, who heads up and runs our streetlight ministry for those in need and the homeless in our local area here. And he was telling me the statistic that in um, this northern corridor from Aspley right up to Caboolture, that region, that corridor, is the third lowest socioeconomic region in all of Australia. And we know 
that over the coming year that the needs are gonna be even greater, aren't they? The needs are gonna be significant. And this is right on our doorstep as a church. And I believe it is no accident that God has placed us where we are in such a strategic location to reach out and to bless people in need in this region in the name of Jesus. And so both of these visions are an exciting step forward in faith for us and a key part of what God is calling us to do in this important season ahead, to love people in a greater way than ever before. Another very significant faith-stretching vision God is calling us to for this financial year ahead is to move forward in faith with the purchase of the city service venue. And this is in response to the very clear leading of the Holy Spirit as we have prayerfully sought to know God's heart together as a body. Uh, It was back in November 2017 that we held a day of prayer called Peace for the City. I remember um, that prayer time so well. And on this day as we prayed, we were asking God about the possibility of starting a service in the city. And we sensed God saying, go, step out in faith. And God then miraculously provided us with an amazing venue in the city. And then as we took that step, God opened up the opportunity for us to enter into a kingdom partnership with Gateway Baptist Church on the south side. And they were able to use the venue and lease the venue to launch their Sunday morning service in the city. And God has blessed that. And it was such a help and an answer to prayer and a blessing for them. And how great is it? This kingdom vision, church north and south coming together in the heart of our city. But then when COVID emerged and all the financial uncertainty around that, one of the first discussions the church leadership began to think about was how could we move forward with that purchase next year, $1.8 million in a season of such economic uncertainty. And it didn't seem like it would be possible or the wise thing to do. And then in May this year, we had two weeks of prayer, the Bridgman Prayer Tour as we went around strategic locations all across our city and prayed for our community and prayed for our city and prayed for our nation and beyond. And as we began to pray, God began to speak as he so often does in our seasons of prayer. And during this time, we sensed God speaking very specifically around our city service in this venue. Firstly, there was God speaking to Matt and Gemma. They're on the prayer tour at the Story Bridge. And then as they went up to Mount Kutha to pray, they, as it turned out, ran to Pastor Peter and Marie up there and they knew God was saying to them that we have a responsibility to reach out to the city in which God has placed us. And then during the same week, there was the amazing vision sent through from Yolandi, who is involved in our city service. And um, I think we have an image of this vision that you can see. Let me read a little bit of what she wrote. She said this. At one of the services this year prior to COVID, during the worship time, it was at the end of a service this particular night. And I just remember the worship time being really intense. It was so evident the Holy Spirit was in the room working and it felt like everyone knew it and everyone was just giving their all in this worship time. Personally, I felt moved this particular night during that worship. I remember standing there with arms open and just praising God. And the Lord shared a beautiful picture that night of our praises as a church rising up to Him as sweet fragrances. Not only was the fragrance pleasing to Him, the fragrance and garden began to cover the city. Flowers and vines and fresh green trees filled the city. 
I distinctly remember seeing vines going out from the church building and wrapping around the buildings of the city. The fragrance being released filled the air and covered over all of Brisbane city like a heavy mist. Isn't that just a beautiful image, picture? I started this picture just the other day as I, as I really sensed the Lord was saying, now is the time to create this picture and share it with you. I pray the Lord speaks to you through this picture. I know there are a lot of elements to take in and honestly, my words are just words, but I pray the Lord speaks. How powerful is that church? What an amazing image. And I wanna tell you, I am so glad that God gave this image to Yolandi, who is an artist, rather than to me, because I would never be able to capture the image like that. And again, the gifts of the body at work. And at the same time as all this was taking place, as we were praying this two weeks, there was the amazing doors God opened for us to bless and care for the international students in our city as we sent out thousands of hampers to bless them and to let them know there was a God who loved them and cared about them. And this was really significant for us because right from the start of our city service, we had sensed that God was saying reaching into the international students in our city was a key part of this vision. And we'd had a team going in there, sowing faithful. Monday night, and then as this took place, suddenly the doors flung wide open. And these, particularly the student accommodation block, just two doors down, the doors are wide open. They are so thankful to us for the help we've been able to provide, and they are so warm to us coming in and helping and encouraging and reaching out to the students in there. It's incredible what God has done. There's a number of other powerful affirmations I could share with you if I had time. But following this two weeks of prayer, we were beginning to sense strongly that God was saying to step forward in faith again with the purchase. And so the finance team, you know, I was feeling the weight of this. This is a big decision, big decision, financially significant. And the finance team met again, feeling the weight of this to discuss this and working through what, what would this mean financially? How could this take place again, especially given all the economic uncertainty? And in the midst of this two-hour meeting, as we were just praying and, and trying to work out what it would look like and what would it mean and what were the practical things around this, in the midst of this two-hour meeting, Pastor Matt, who is on our finance team, he received a text from someone who just more recently started coming and has been connecting into our city service. And this person sent him a text and just said, hey, I just wanna let you know, um, I've just sent a gift, a transferred a gift, a financial gift to the church account just now to go towards helping with the city service. And when we heard that as a finance team, we thought, wow, that is incredible. Here we are praying, wrestling with what this means. And here we get a text saying someone's gonna, is given some money. We had no idea how much the amount was, but we said, praise God. They want another affirmation. The timing of that to say, God was saying to us, I will provide. You can trust me as I lead, I will provide. And then later that night, Brian Morecambe, our business manager, sent a text message to all of us on the finance team to let us know that a transfer had just been received into the church's bank account marked for the city service and it was for the amount of $125,000. How incredible is that? How amazing is that? And I want to tell you, my faith was beginning to rise again, again. And we believe that God has a mighty kingdom plan for the city of Brisbane. We really believe this. And right from the start, we have sensed strongly that this is a kingdom vision. 
that it's not about Bridgman. We have the privilege, the blessing of being able to play a part in what God is unfolding, but it's about securing this strategic kingdom venue right in the heart of our city. And this is a big faith step. I wanna tell you that, particularly given the current economic uncertainty. And I wanna tell you that the furthest thing ever from my mind, when we were looking at you know, building this building and all that was involved there, the furthest thing from my mind is that God would be calling us to then purchase another venue in the city so soon. If you'd have told me this a couple of years ago, I would have said you were crazy. I said, not a chance. Because this is a lot of money. I feel the weight of that. I want you to know that. I feel the weight of what that means, particularly when I share with people in our church family, in our community who have lost their jobs, who are facing so much uncertainty. And when you look at the economic forecast, everything in human wisdom and from a worldly point of view would say, well, this is not the best time. Not the best timing for this. But I can tell you with all of my heart that I believe that this is what God is calling us to do. And here is the key point that I want you to understand today about walking by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith and not by sight, it's not about coming up with a bold idea and then asking God to bless it. It's not about being rash or reckless or impulsive. That's not what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. And it's definitely not about taking a leap into the dark. That's not what it is. Walking by faith and not by sight is about praying together as His people and listening to God's voice, hearing what he is saying to us through his word and by the leading of the Holy Spirit and then prayerfully testing and discerning that with other believers. And then when you have heard God's voice, then stepping forward in faith and obedience. Even if the task is big, even if the task seems daunting or costly or you don't have the full picture yet or it doesn't necessarily make sense from a worldly point of view. That is what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. And Abraham is probably the greatest example in the Bible of what it looks like, what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. And it says this in Genesis 12, verse one. It says, the Lord had said to him, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. So he went as the Lord had told him, is what it says. And I want you to see here that this wasn't Abraham's idea. He didn't dream it up. And I'm pretty sure he probably didn't wanna leave his homeland and his family. But God spoke to him and he responds in obedience. Then Hebrews 11:8 says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And I want you to see that walking by faith and not by sight is hearing, discerning and responding to the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit in faith and obedience, even if we don't have the full picture, even if it doesn't necessarily make sense to our finite minds. It was Johnny Erickson who said these words. She said, faith isn't the ability to believe long and far into the misty future. It's simply taking God at his word and taking the next step. That's what walking by faith and not by sight looks like. And so this is a big faith step for us as a church, requiring us to trust God that he is who he says he is and he will do what he has said he will do. 
And I want to tell you, I am glad that it's a big faith step. Because as I said at the start, we want God-only stories that no one can take credit for. We want stories that we can tell our children and generations to come of the mighty acts of our great God and our Saviour and our King. That's what we long for. And so we need the help of every person who has a heart to see God's kingdom move forward in power in this community and this city and beyond. We need people in this season to link in with us and to commit to pray with us, to step out in faith and say, I'm willing to count the cost. People who are willing to do the journey of faith in action and to step in and say, I'm gonna love and care for people in need in our community in the name of Jesus because the needs are gonna be great in this season ahead. We need those who are going to say, who are able to say, I'm going to be a person of faith by supporting these visions financially. If God has enabled you in this season to be able to do that. And we need those as well who are going to say, yes, I am available. I am willing. I am ready. This truly is the season of living by faith and not by sight. There's going to be some big challenges ahead. There's no doubt about that but we are expectant and we are excited for all God has already done and all he has yet to unfold. As I share this, this is a word for us as a church, but I sense today as well that this is a word for some personally who are linking in today, whether you're here or whether you're linking in online today. That this is a word for you as well. That God is calling you in a particular, particular situation or circumstance to step forward, to walk by faith and not by sight. Maybe it's a circumstance of which God's been calling you to step forward in faith, but you've been holding back, maybe because of fear. Maybe you've been holding back because you've got feelings of inadequacy and in what he's calling you to do. Or maybe there's uncertainty about what this will mean for you in the future. So you've been holding back. Or maybe you've been worried about what others will think or what the cost will be. I don't know what it is, but you've been holding back and you know God's been calling you to step forward in faith. Well, if that's you this morning, I want you to hear God's word to you personally as well. That we are to live by faith and not by sight. And that we can trust our mighty God, that he is able to do what he has said he will do. You know, in the first centuries of the church, when the Christians were vigorously persecuted, believers found ways to communicate with one another in subtle ways to let them know that they were fellow believers, fellow Christians. And one of the ways they would do this is that when they were greeting each other or farewelling each other, they would cross their fingers as a code sign is what they would do. And what that meant is that they were indicating that we are people of the cross. And so they would cross their fingers and then they would know that they are a fellow believer, a fellow follower of Jesus. Today, of course, cross fingers means something very different, doesn't it? It means someone is hoping something will or will not come to pass. It's wishing good luck is what cross fingers means. And I think it's quite ironic that a gesture that the church started right back in the very beginning as a symbol of the cross of Christ and the certainty of the promises of God in Jesus now represents the exact opposite. It now <laughs> represents wishful hoping. Because see, it's, it's through the cross the completed work of Jesus on our behalf that we have the 100% absolute assurance of our salvation and the absolute guarantee of an inheritance. Luck has nothing to do with it, absolutely nothing to do with it. You know, as the Apostle Peter 
as he stepped out in faith out of the boat, as he walked towards Jesus, he began, didn't he, in that moment to walk on water, but it was the wind and the waves that began to distract him. And in that moment, he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to look at the circumstances around him and he began to sink in that moment. Perhaps today, you are looking at your circumstances rather than looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And Jesus is saying to you afresh this morning, take your eyes off the wind and the waves. And maybe that is your circumstances today. Maybe the storm is there. There's winds, there's waves. And you're going, Lord Jesus, where are you? Well, he says to you again, this call to walk by faith and not by sight, it means to take our eyes off the temporal things of this world, to take our eyes off the wind and the waves and to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. And because of the cross of Christ, we can have an absolute assurance that he is with us, that he is for us, that he is able. And so I want to encourage you to do that this morning. If that is your situation, that is your circumstance. To remember that the one who went to the cross for you, the one who rose victorious, that he is able. He is able. And we are called to be a people who step forward in faith and trust. And as we do that afresh today, as we do that personally this morning, God wants you to know his peace and assurance. Your Saviour wants you to know that peace and assurance, just like George Mueller experienced that night when he placed his faith and trust in Jesus. And the truth that he is able. He is the risen, exalted one. And so we can have a confidence in that this morning. Will you join with me as we pray? Let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the encouragement, the way that it stirs faith within us, great God, the way you lead us and guide us as your people. And Lord, we hear your call to us afresh today that we are to be a people who walk by faith and not by sight, to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. And so Lord, I pray that you'll help us as your people to do this in the year ahead, great God, that you will help us, Lord, to to again, to step in, Lord. I wanna pray you'll help us to care and love people in need in this region in which you've placed us in a greater way than ever before, Lord. I pray you'll help us to do that, Lord. Willing to step in and count the cost and to share, Lord, practically your love to these ones we ask. And Lord, we are praying for your blessing to be poured out on our city. That's our prayer, Lord. Your reviving work, just like that vision, Lord, that you've given to us. That mist, Lord, the the vines going out right across our city and then beyond that, Lord, we pray. Reaching our nation and beyond that to our world, Lord, that is our prayer. And I wanna pray, Lord, strengthen some today, Lord, you're calling. You're calling personally in their own circumstances or situation to step out in faith and to trust you, not to hold back any longer. Well, Lord, I pray you'll help them to do that, great God. And Lord, for those who are in the midst of the storm of life, Lord, that you'll encourage them, strengthen them, remind them that you're with them as they keep their eyes fixed on you. And we pray this now in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen. We're gonna respond this morning as we sing a song of worship, which talks about these truths. I wanna invite you to stand with us. If you're here in the building, join with us in worship online as well. Let's stand together and worship our great God and affirm our faith and trust in Him. I just wonder in this moment of worship, 
crying out to God and just in your own heart and your own mind right now, you might pray for the city of Brisbane that He might send a great revival. Can you do that now, whether it's at home or just in the auditorium, just in your heart and in your head, just pray, seek God, ask Him to just pour out His Spirit in a mighty way. Lord that you're here with us. Thank you that you've heard every prayer and this isn't just a prayer that we're shouting up today. This is a prayer that we've prayed for many years. We've prayed for this community and this city, great God, on many occasions cried out to you that you might draw your people to yourself, great God. We're convinced that you love, you love humanity so much that you are willing to die a criminal's death on a cross so that every person, every person might know the grace and the love of the Father. And as your followers, great God, that we believe this is of such importance that we'd be willing to give our lives to just share this with those around us, great God, wherever we find ourselves in our workplace, our community, the university, whatever it might be, great God, to surrender and to see revival come to this city, great God. This is the cry of our heart. This is the prayer of our heart that you might send a revival, that you might awaken your city in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, Almighty God. And so one more time this morning in your homes, we just cry out again. We just say, oh, send revival. Awaken your city. Draw people to yourself. That the prodigals might come home in Jesus' mighty name, great God. Please, God, please, please, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm just conscious, God, that there are some here, that there's people in their hearts. It's, it's heavy for them. Family members, friends, uh, work colleagues that have been praying for many years and we just pray and lift up people again to You, great God, that they might know Your love and Your grace and, and the great God that You are. You love us so much. You've got a good plan. I believe You're a great God. I believe You're a great Father. And when we encounter You, there's nothing better. And our heart's desire is just for many more to come to know the goodness of You, great God. And so we just pray, we lift up those on our hearts in this very moment to You again. And we say in Jesus' Name, break into their lives, break into their hearts, show them the goodness of You, great God. We really do pray. And we thank You for the privilege and honour it is to be led by You as You guide us and lead us as a church. And we wanna be followers of You, true followers of You, surrendering to Your will, Your plans, Your purposes. We really do pray. So we thank You, great God. We're so expectant because You're a great God and You wanna do great things. And we thank You so much for all that You're doing. We love You, Lord. We really do. And we just pray these things in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Again, I just want to say it's been so good to have you here, so good to have you online as well. If you're here in the auditorium, feel free to head out the side doors. That'd be amazing. But can I just say, may you have an amazing week this week. May God use you wherever you are and may you continue to just cry out to Him that He might use you where you are. God bless you so much. We'll see you next Sunday. Well, it's been great to join together today. You've sensed God speaking to you across this service and you'd like to know a little bit more about what that might mean for you. We'd love to connect with you and you can email hello at bridgman.org.au and someone will get in touch with you. Or again, if you have a need in your life, we as a church would love to stand with you in that by prayer. You can email a request for prayer through to prayer at bridgman.org.au. It's been great to connect with you here today and we look forward to doing that again shortly.
G'day there church, welcome back to Bridgie. My name is Trav, I'm just going to run you through a few important things about coming back and being safe here back at Bridgie. Upon entry, if you could use the hand sanitizer provided, um, that would be greatly appreciated. And remember as well, you can never use too much hand sanitizer. So the first thing you need to do is to go and book in your tickets. So make sure you go to the Bridgman homepage, click on Welcome Back Home and register the tickets that you need. And make sure you also only register for one service. Oh, g'day, just uh, checking in. My name's uh, Pastor MJ Sweetman. Oh, g'day, so glad you're here. Yeah, uh, MJ Sweetman. Yeah, I'll just check you in. And uh, you're not actually on our list. Go call Gemma. Just a reminder, make sure you use the name that you registered online with. Gemma, yeah. Uh, did you book us in for the, the services? Yeah, under MJ Sweetman? You booked it under Gemma. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, they, they won't let me in, so, yeah. Oh, just, just in the mother's room, actually, yeah. It's, it's nice, yeah, you'd like it, yeah, it's good. So in your journey back to Bridgie, remember that we're keeping a 1.5 metre distance between others. Now, 1.5 metres can be a little bit tricky to remember, so I like to think of it as 7.89 Bible widths and 18.75 coffee cups. Just makes it easier. Well, good job, you made it into the building. You're officially back at Bridgie. Um, just so you know, just keep three seats apart from those who are not in your immediate family and we should be all sweet. We love being a welcoming community here at Bridgie, but just in these times, keep your greetings to a COVID safe welcoming wave. Awesome, so at the completion of the service, instead of walking back out where you came in, you're now going to go out the side doors here to exit the building. Let me show you how. Let's see that one more time. Well, well done. You made it through, you're officially back at Bridgie. So just remember the key things, book your tickets online, check in at the front desk, use the hand sanitizer as provided, and keep three chairs apart in the auditorium and exit through the side doors as well. If you can leave promptly as well, that would just be great to keep the numbers down on the property, but we look forward to seeing you very, very shortly.